Gene O'Brien. And this is my best friend, Tina Louise Eckert. And I'm single. And I am married. And this is Single, single versus Married, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I still like that we specify that you are listening to a podcast. podcast. Well, I'm excited. Today is very exciting for us. This is our first episode where we're having an expert. Expert. We're having an expert. We know an expert. We know an expert who is a doctor. <laughs> a doctor. Which was news to me today. I did not know this, but um, okay, everybody, I know this is going to be heavy. It's a little bit heavy. Our topic today is signs that you're in an abusive relationship. Yes. And this isn't just a love relationship. This is any sort of relationship in your life. Um, and we're going to get to that. And we're going to hold back the tears for now because I have an important question to yes, Louise. I'm ready. What's wrong with your face? <laughs> <laughs> you're so rude. You're very I'm rude in a hurt. Now you're making it <laughs> I have a really uh, popular hobby. Yeah. It's going to the dentist. It's going to the dentist. It's very expensive. (laughs) I mean, some people do crossword puzzles. I mean, I just like to sit in a dental chair and cry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I had some... uh, dental surgery let's say and let's just say my body didn't really like it (laughs) so i kind of have half my face melting off my body right now oh you poor little chipmunk you're Uh, only a half chipmunk i said i look like a chipmunk ate a chipmunk (laughs) like i'm hiding a chipmunk in my little chipmunk cheek you're hiding a hamster in your hamster cheek and i you know i will admit i feel really i feel very personally guilty for all your dental surgery because this all started god i don't know how many like 15 years ago, I threw a fundraiser for a friend, and at this fundraiser, Teen Louise was performing, but before she could go on stage and perform. <laughs> so we had a little food backstage, and sure. you know, just a little noshing, and I bit on a baby carrot and broke a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Still went on and did the show. But I would no, I think like what happened is because I came out and I was like, where's T. Louise? And they're like, she broke a tooth. And I'm like, what? They're like, she ate a carrot. Like, it, it was the most random. And I'm like, she left because she broke her tooth on a carrot? Like, I know, like, that's so fragile. Oh, but number one, I don't have any cavities. Never had cavities. That's right. I just have, my teeth are just made out of Tic Tacs. So they just crumble. So that wasn't the first dental problem I had. It just oh. happened to be the one, first one you got to experience. But I felt responsible for it i'll I'll let you have that you can carry that responsibility thanks that got that got dark and sad (laughs) oh god but Um, the show still goes on the show must go on you're still beautiful and the right side of my face is gonna have the outside the inside (laughs) the inside's fraggle rock there's little people working on my teeth with little pitchforks (laughs) that would be so much cheaper so much cheaper So today's topic is uh, signs that you're in an abusive relationship, and we not only have an expert and a doctor, but also a very dear friend of mine. This is Dr. Susie Chen, everybody. Yay! Yay. Hello, thank you for the very lovely introduction. Oh Thanks for gosh, being here, She sounds Susie. so responsible. I know. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like she pays her taxes. Oh my God. Raises children. Gets her teeth cleaned on a daily basis. <laughs> You know I don't what? Eat carrots. I'm going to say, Susie, have you ever broken your tooth on a carrot? I can say confidently never. <laughs> I also broke a tooth on a uh, a chicken strip in Vegas. <laughs> that's like a so- that's a like kind of a soft food, Susie. I hope you're learning a lot about us today. As- I surely am. <laughs> so Susie and I have been friends for I guess about 14 years. 
Wow. That's yeah. been a long time. Yeah, 13. How 13, did you guys 13? meet? We met at a party. Do you want to take it from here? <laughs> oh, God. You might have to remind me. Well, essentially... At the end of the party, you offered to walk me to my car. Because she had... Ooh, wait, ha- is this... Wait, 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 wait. Was this almost like you weren't single at this moment? <laughs> no, I was with somebody. <laughs> That's how we met. We met through X. Oh, okay, got it. Um, so she had, like, tall black boots on, like, Ooh. two, like, a little past her knee or to her knee. And I remember thinking, like, oh, you can't walk to your car. So, like, I walk... And I'm like, I have to walk you. And I just met her. I'm like, oh, I'm walking you to your car. And as I get to her car, she goes... Well, why can you walk me to my car, but then you have to walk home by yourself? <laughs> I mean, that's a really logical, right? Question. Right. But I'm just very protective. And she was going to be a new friend. I already knew, suck my clons into her. And I'm like, you are now my friend. That's such a funny story because it is. It's like, well, how are you going to get back? But that sounds like me, doesn't it? It's 100%. You've probably done that 100 times. Yeah. I love it. How do you knew Susie? Uh, well, I know Susie through you, but I feel like we really bonded. <laughs> when so Tina Louise and I came up with the television show idea so we shot a sizzle reel for it it was called Pretty Dumb Luck and I made you be an offensive Asian stereotype <laughs> oh my god I remember that that seemed so long ago and did you know it was so long ago that I think there was maybe like one Asian stereotype at that time yeah so it was great for me because I can't act you did so great, oh, though. You, you threw things at us? No, she threw chopsticks I know, I didn't want to say it. So violent. <laughs> Thank you, Susie. It was funny. And guess what? Everybody who might be offended right now, that show went nowhere, so we got our dues, I Oh, guess. it's so funny. I thought you were going to say, that's showbiz. That's showbiz. <laughs> no, but that's Susie, was, I was, it still was funny. It holds up. It still holds <laughs> Everyone was a stereotype. Susie's like, it does not hold We up. were a stereotype of ourselves. <laughs> we were a stereotype. Well, I think we were just playing who we were. You were playing Reno. White trash. 100%. Yeah. Like, <laughs> be what you be. <laughs> All right. Let's just jump right in. You got to rip the Band-Aid off. I know. This yep. is actually a difficult um, topic, and I'm happy that we're hitting on it because it does hit close to me. I just wanted to say, I know this is very hard for you to, today, so we're all here to support you. I, I honestly can say I didn't see it. In in the beginning, I thought um, they were obstacles, like workable problems, because that's how I saw it. I didn't see it as that maybe someone wasn't treating me well or was toxic. I just thought, oh, this is relationship problems. We'd have to work on our communication. And um, it wasn't until I had my aha moment and just happened to be in a form of a massive car accident. <laughs> You know, sometimes you just need to spin out on the 10 freeway to really see the world. Across all five lanes mm-hmm. of traffic. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, and then also seeing a therapist at the time really changed my words from um, what you're doing is hurting my feelings to when you do this, I feel unsafe. And that was a big transition for me. And as much as I felt foolish afterwards that I even was in a relationship of that manner, I'm more proud of myself that I was able to get out. And I think this is something that we really want to talk about. It's like not only the signs of what maybe you don't think is abuse, which it really is, and I think that was a big part of my problems. I didn't I didn't realize that things were abusive. And I'm not talking physical abuse. It's definitely emotional and um psychological yeah is that the Mm -hmm. other that's correct that would be right (laughs) yes that's the other emotion (laughs) because the word i wanted to say was not that it was like something to do with like mindology i'm like i don't know where i'm going with that one um but that was really important is is, 
to see that, oh, this is not a normal relationship problem. This is actually a one-sided problem because I didn't have control over it. And I do want to see the signs, going back to when I first saw the signs after my aha moment, was when I would wake up in the morning and think, don't do anything wrong today. Like at least get to work without making a mistake because that was probably very likely I was going to say something wrong or do something wrong that was then going to domino into the rest of the day of bad behaviors. So you mean his bad behavior. You're saying don't make him mad. Don't make make a mistake Mistake. in front of him Mm -hmm. that would set him off. Yeah, so like my goal was like somehow to get up, get ready, and get to work before doing something wrong. And that's that's when I was like, well, that's not – that's something that – I know that's not healthy, but I still couldn't see what I thought was abuse. I didn't, I couldn't see it. I still thought it was just problems, like relationship problems. And then another thing that was another sign, and it's like sometimes your body will react before your mind understands what's happening. So I physically sometimes wouldn't leave the bathroom. Like I would go to the bathroom and then I would just like wash my hands because I'm, you know, a normal human. But then I would sit on the floor, not like a normal human, and just like sit for a while. And I wasn't thinking it about it. Like, I just would sit there. And it was probably because I felt safe. Like, I was in the bathroom. It was like a confined area. And I felt safe because right. we were living together. So, shared, you know, areas. And the same thing of coming home. I would sit in my car before going upstairs because I didn't know what I was walking into. So, these are all signs that my body knew before my mind and my heart did. Right. And then when I did see it. And then definitely with the help of a therapist, it's definitely helped me um, divide my feelings and really understand it more um, than I took action. Right. Yeah. Do you want to talk about anything specific that maybe like any instances or anything that's like not too traumatic, but that maybe was like, oh, this is this is this is not just a problem we have to work through, but this is a, a behavior that's threatening or not healthy to me. Yeah. Um, I think because there's two parts to that it was when I would see something and hear it I was physically present for something and then when I would bring it up he would say no that's not what happened and I would say no I physically was there like I saw it like I heard it like don't tell me that I, it's not true and he's like I don't know what's wrong with you but that's not how it happened it got and my brain would just be so confused like I I never second guessed myself but I didn't understand like, it was almost if he was coming at me with another language. Like, right. what? because it didn't make sense to me. You know, I don't know what's going on with you was a constant phrase. When you hear that constantly, what's going on with you? Like, I don't, I don't know what your problem is. Or maybe you should tell your therapist that. That was probably the most hurtful because I was going, oh, that's make me cry. I was going, and I there's nothing wrong with therapy. No. I, I think everyone could Absolutely benefit not. with therapy. And he would throw it against like he would throw it in my face or like right. he would say my therapist's name like well you need to ask her this like and then that's crossing a line that I think it's and that's abusive in itself like to belittle me and that's and belittle my process and so that was uh so those that was a bad thing yeah <laughs> yeah I know it's hard so mm-hmm. thank you for sharing all yeah. this it's, it's 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 a long process it was hard because I've been your friend for so long and I've been I've known you through your entire relationship with him and there were a few instances where I remember going holy shit like this guy's got some things wrong and for him like some of the things that he outwardly because he hit a lot for me too because we were very close as well yeah because you guys had a friendship yeah and we, we liked were friends. him yeah but there were a couple times where he not even he could hide certain things like he had a real alcohol problem 
And that happened, A, at my wedding, and B, at one of your birthday parties that was just in front of everybody, just like devolving into this person who I was like, who the hell is this? Yeah. And being very like would speak to you in ways that I'm like what? like I know you very well and like just everybody who's going to listen to this podcast knows you you don't you don't take any bullshit but yet you're letting this person speak to you like you're his servant or a child and I'm just like holy shit it's hard it was hard to to witness and also for me as a friend which we'll get into I didn't know what am I supposed to do because if I would have confronted you about it you would have been mad at me and said like you know, like, do you think I'm stupid or do you think that I don't see what's going on? I yeah. think it's just there's a lot of it's a lot of steps that it's, it's hard yeah. to muddle through. And I, and I understand that. And I've been thinking about how to express this. But like I said before was if before I saw it, mm-hmm. if you were to say I didn't like how he was talking to you or whatever, I would have looked at it as, well, this is a relationship and I'm committed to this person. Let's work through this. Because to me, it was something we worked through. Maybe he's going through something right now, and that's not an excuse, but like we can work on this. Maybe go see help with each other, you know. But when I realized that it's not something I can fix, then the words made sense to me. Right. You know, because there's a point you want to fix things. You want, you know. This person you love. Yeah. It's totally understandable. Yeah. But it doesn't matter how much you love somebody. If it's not going to work, if it's not healthy for you, you have to get out. And it became a safety thing for me. And I, it's not that I thought he was going to hit me or anything. But the reason I was sitting in my car is because I didn't know what I was walking into. And that is something that nobody should ever feel. Like your home and your loved one should be your safe place. And my home wasn't safe for me anymore because I didn't know what I was walking into. Right. You know, and so... And when we talk about abuse, I mean, people automatically go to physical. Yeah. You know, but it's... I think the psychological abuse and emotional abuse is harder. Yeah. Another thing um, is, and another sign of abuse for me was he was very contradictory. So I had, a, you know, if he texted me or called me if I was at work and I couldn't answer, you know, I'm at work. Like, yeah, And I work in fashion. Like, I work in warehouses. Maybe I don't get reception. But then sometimes you get mad, you know, like, well, I was worried. I'm like, well, you know, you know I was at work, you know, and text you right after. But he'd get mad, and then I he would just disappear for a day. That's like, like so control, like, and so would, much control issue. Like wouldn't answer his phone, wouldn't answer his text. I have no idea who he is. Like he's not. So he'd punish you for not responding to him when he wanted you to respond to him. Yes. That's scary. Yeah. And the only reason I could relate a lot to like when you finally reached out to me and told like when right after the accident, when I was like, oh, this is. And it's funny because before the accident, right around that time, you had started to say little things that you had never said before about like. Not like you were going to leave him, but just like things you were upset with him about that you would never reveal to me before. I remember going, ah, something's brewing. Mm-hmm. And then the accident, the things you were telling me about being like not wanting to go home, that was my whole childhood. Like my mom was very emotionally abusive to me. And she had a, we had a whole host of other things. But to watch somebody else go through it and knowing what that feels like mm-hmm. and knowing that because it was my mom, right? And like this is your your partner. Yeah. And I was a teenager, so it's totally different. Like, I am, I was trapped, right? But you just kind of adapt and figure figure out how to get out of it. But it's hard when, and I think what we're going to get down to, and we're going to bring Susie into this, for both of these people, and now, not to, like, talk bad about my mom now, like, she's a different person. We speak now, like, it's still hard, and it's still, we're, we're not, like, buddies. But uh, you you realize that you're being, like, that, that she's a narcissist in, like, certain ways, and that she would gaslight me, and that's just, that's what, like, 
as I got older and was able to identify it, it's, it's like there's something about being able to identify it that's like you can kind of take control the power back to be yeah. like, okay, this isn't something I did, but it's a result of the person's behavior towards me. Yeah, and also you being a, ch- we'll say a child, oh, yeah. but, you be, but like you couldn't leave, you did have to adapt in a Correct. way because you had to survive. So yeah. you built survival skills to get through that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what I was doing I had survival skills right until I had no more yeah and then that's when I we'll get to it how I planned my escape hey friends it's me Tina Louise and I bet by the sound of my voice you can tell that I'm totally wearing a tiara I mean tiaras are great for every occasion whether you think so or not I mean I wear one when I clean my house true story and when I have to have an uncomfortable conversation with a friend or family member I mean, they're a great way to make you feel special because literally no one else will. I mean, tiaras, it's how you can identify the daddy issues in me. Susie, for our listeners, can you define what a narcissist is and what gaslighting is? Because for us, it's like normal verbiage now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think people throw those terms around a lot and I think most people don't. Like, you're like, oh, that guy's such a narcissist, Mm -hmm. which in some cases, like, he's also just hot. Just kidding, just saying. Um, absolutely. So a narcissist, I mean, any of the these terms that we're using or that you're using, a lot of it has become popular language, part of our popular vernacular. But, you know, when it becomes problematic is when it starts to really impact other people or hurt other people. Some people can be really into themselves, but if they're not really hurting other people or themselves too much, not really a big deal. When it really matters is, you know, when it starts to really impact wear other people down, wear other people around them down, also wearing themselves down potentially. So somebody who's a narcissist is um, someone who's got an inflated sense of self, self self-importance. They can be self-centered, arrogant, um, lacking empathy and consideration towards others, um, have little um, or no respect for the boundaries of other people. And ultimately, they really want to look good. Mm -hmm. I'm not really going to get technical here as far as the DSM is concerned for psychologists. DSM? Wait a minute. Yeah, What's that? that? Like it's a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Dr. Susie, Tell go on. Susie. <laughs> That's, those are kind of typical traits of narcissists. Now, what was that last one you said? That they don't like to look bad. That's, that's yes. a good... That's a, they you, really... A driving factor is they that do not want to look good um, towards other people. Like, look bad let's say. Right, look yeah. bad towards other people, correct. So, I mean, you know, for relationships, let's say, say they're getting started in a relationship. I mean, they're fun, they're interesting, they're mm-hmm. passionate, they're really charismatic. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if there's somebody that they really want to be with, they will spend and exert a lot of energy, you know, praising them, exhibiting Tarjean loving just gestures. <laughs> I feel like we're just doing a checklist of I know. who X was. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, lots of compliments, that kind of thing, until they lure you in. And then once they feel like they've comfortably mm-hmm. got you in their hooks, then they kind of, you know, turn the light switch. Yeah. Interesting. And then it becomes kind of cold and critical. Yeah. Um, and then I know I touched upon what gaslighting is, but mm-hmm. you want to tell our listeners what gaslighting is. Okay, well, gaslighting, it's actually probably a, a term that's newer, but the concept has been around for quite some time now. It actually Since comes... the Egyptians, right? Absolutely. 
You're saying like like King Tut was like, oh, you guys can't do that. You guys are so bad at that. Is that your? I'm gonna stop now. All right. Sorry. I'm sure it's been around for a long time. <laughs> All right. But for gaslighting, it really, um, that term came from there was a play in 1938 called Gaslight, in which the husband tried to drive his wife crazy by turning out the gaslights. Turning them down a little bit, making them dimmer, and every single time she asked, "Are those lights dimmer?" He would say, "No." Yeah, I and saw this. I saw this. this I didn't know. Really, this is, it's so interesting. Really, that's yeah. fascinating. Uh-huh. You yeah. can watch Was it on this YouTube. on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> There's a movie. Love, you're so highbrow. I'm like, you go see it on YouTube. You're like, is this on Broadway? <laughs> she said it was a play. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a play originally, mm-hmm. and then they turned it into a TV show. So I now believe. to yeah. translate that into like today's terms, mm-hmm. it's like what I said when you want to do it Broadway style. <laughs> I wasn't even there. <laughs> Let me tell you, you don't know what you're talking about. You're I was there. I was there. Copper, I saw the whole thing. Well, the lights are going dim, aren't they? Aren't they going dim? <laughs> but it is. It's a. It's like as I said. Like I would say, I saw something and. And he would say, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. Right. So absolutely. So when it's when the perpetrator manipulates the other person into doubting themselves or questioning their own experiences, oh. feelings, mm-hmm. instincts, um, their own sanity, and which sounds like a lot like what you described earlier. Yeah. Why do they do, like why do you think that's a trait? Like what is that? What is the power behind that? Um, it's a form of, of manipulation. Mm. So um and control. So once somebody's worn down in a relationship where you're feeling, you know, you're constantly doubting yourself, um, your self-esteem isn't that great, you're kind of a little bit more isolated from your friends, you know, it's just another way to control and manipulate you. How I look at it, it's like yeah. if you wear someone down so much, like kneading dough, you know, and I get so pliable, then all of a sudden you can start molding your dough however you want. Like, he can start molding me how I want. Because I'm so broken down. All of a sudden, he can now make me how he wants me to be. And right. And somebody who tends to or can fall, anybody can fall into that type of relationship. Right. But once you're in there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, loyalty towards your partner or family members. You want to defend them. And you're also thinking, oh, it must be my fault. Mm. So yeah. you're constantly walking on eggshells, and you're just going to try, be trying to make everybody else happy. Which you won't do. You won't be successful at it. It's something I saw. Like the eggshell thing, I mean, I verbally would say that exact words. I felt like I was walking on eggshells. But you, like I said, when I would wake up and like not want to make a mistake with him, I ultimately was. I mean, if I didn't, he'd find a mistake. I think that's when... And I know we're just focused on just narcissistic um, behaviors, and there's other signs of abuse. This is all a spectrum, right? And, like, we've all had a bad day, and we maybe take it out on our partner and things like that. How do you know the difference between being in – you're in an abusive relationship versus just an unhappy relationship? A lot of it stems from how you might feel like you relate to your partner or friend, whoever it is. If you're feeling constantly like you're walking on eggshells with them, if you're feeling anxious or fearful – Um, speaking up about your own feelings or experiences and uh, you're doubting yourself you're feeling kind of confused or crazy you're questioning am I too sensitive maybe always apologizing to your partner or always trying to make them happy I I feel like that was a way I thought I can get out of something quicker if I just to just apologize like I understand Mm -hmm. and I would apologize to just 
hopefully to stop the subject from moving forward. Or sometimes you might be uh, constantly making excuses to others about your partner's behaviors. You might withhold information about what your partner's doing or your friends or family members are doing uh, to avoid any sort of like explaining their behaviors or avoiding embarrassment that you're in that type of relationship. But if you're unhappy, I mean, generally, it could be the relationship is okay. You're not necessarily feeling anxious or walking on eggshells or fearful of your partner. It could just be sort of like a, you know, you've got to improve your communication a little bit. Your your partner or your friend, they're not belittling or invalidating your feelings anyway. They're generally supportive and consistently caring in some sort of capacity Mm -hmm. so like the foundation it's yeah there's a consistent uh positive regard and and relationship right but then you like you get to know somebody and they might be into tech now and then you're like time to go god (laughs) (laughs) right maybe your value systems just don't match up your interests just don't match up thank you dr Susie. Susie. (laughs) (laughs) well what if like what okay say you suspect you're in an abusive relationship say say you're like this isn't unhappy this seems like one step further like what are the best steps like what do you what do you do how do you start yeah, I mean, if you have some friends or family members who you trust who are not judgmental, you can certainly begin by talking to them about it. Um, it might be really hard because um, sometimes people might share things with you that you don't want to hear. You know, kind of just sit with that because a lot of them, the people who really do care about, will notice these things happening. They may not say something if they're not comfortable but you know just start by having that conversation with them later on I'll be giving you some resources you can go online and read about you know what it's like to be in an abusive relationship or if you're with a narcissist or gaslighting you can certainly look all those things up and start to educate yourself be aware of the clues that you're in that kind of relationship or if somebody's doing that to you on that when you know, sharing with somebody. There's things that you can share that you don't realize is bad or, you know, or hurtful Mm -hmm. because you're used to it. So when you hear someone's reaction to something that you think is normal, commonplace, and you hear the reaction, that's really helpful because all of a sudden it makes you feel not so alone in even thinking that maybe that wasn't Mm -hmm. healthy. When you say like steps that we can take is talk, you know, first step is a, educating yourself, like maybe start looking things up. I mean, obviously, if, you know, if you're getting physically abused, that's a little more. Mm-hmm. Which you, we can give, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll get into that. that but well. but mm-hmm. when, you know, looking things up, but then when you start talking to somebody you trust, and that could be a therapist or it could be a friend, you know. A mentor. A mentor, like just somebody that you can, when you see and hear their reaction or just the look on their face, it, it I mean, yeah, it, it, you get a little shame too you know, I, how did I let this happen? I'm not a dumb person, but you're not dumb because you got in that situation. You know, I, I think this is a very mis, you know, Correct. misconception. Mm-hmm. But the talking about it is, that was probably eye-opening for me just to hear someone be like, oh, that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, and it might start to validate some of those doubts that those instinctual feelings that you had that maybe this isn't good, right. but I'm not sure because hey, my partner is just complimented me the other day. Maybe this is 
I'm okay. This maybe this relationship is okay. Or maybe he just had a bad day yeah. and he's going mm-hmm. through a lot. You know, mm-hmm. like you do make the excuses. I remember the story Tina Louise told me is the day mm. after her car accident, which you know, she by the way she had spinal surgery. Like this was a major <laughs> car accident. So the next day I go to see her and she's like, "Oh, we got in a fight and he made me sleep on the couch last night." I remember that. <laughs> and I, I think my reaction was like, first of all, rage. And second of all, like, I cannot believe you slept on the couch. I can't believe you just, I can't believe you did it. Yeah. Anyway. I know. You see, I'm like, I can't, I, can't, I can't say anything. Yeah. I mean. But I think that might have been a wake-up call for you because I was like, you were just like, yeah, and if we got in a fight or whatever. And I was yeah. like, um, you got in a, mate, your car is totaled. Yeah. That That's was, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And I remember even telling you, you might have to go seek professional help. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because Susie, because yeah. Susie, you got you were you were here when like this all happened too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your reaction when that car accident happened? Do I mean, remember? very similar. I Guys, remember let's talk where about I was all sitting. my traumas today: <laughs> my dental traumas, my relationship traumas, and then my accident. What? Well, <laughs> let's talk all about on all the road of them. To healing. You're gonna get new teeth. You've had your spine redone. <laughs> I don't know if everybody knows this. It's the hot. And you just ran marathons. Exactly. Uh, They know. Thank you. (laughs) Well, go on, Susie. Anyways, but what was your reaction? Uh, I think I had similar, I had pretty similar reactions to you. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's, so this is coming from my perspective, and I think a lot of people will be here. You see a friend or a family member in an abusive relationship, whether it's emotional or physical. What can you do? What's the safest, healthiest, what are, what's anything you can do without like, losing that relationship with your friend or your family member meaning to help them like yeah. to, to you know confront them about this or to talk to them about this like what's the what is the easiest way to have like an intervention yeah I think there's it's not one way for every person right. but certainly starting to have a conversation about it planting a seed encouraging them to seek professional help talking to a therapist or they've got yeah the therapist know, thing groups. is I think a good way of asking mm-hmm. to help somebody because it it's a non-judgmental person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to talk to a friend. Like mm-hmm. even though you have best, if I wanted to talk to a family member or something, maybe they won't want to confide in me because they're embarrassed or whatever if they get to go to a third party. Mm-hmm. So maybe pushing them towards a therapist. Yeah. You know? Or again, education. I mean, whether it's throwing them some pamphlets or mm-hmm. directing them to websites. What if I send somebody a dozen roses with a note that says, I think you need help? <laughs> <laughs> that is an option. <laughs> Just want to hear it. Dr. Susie says that's fine. Sorry, I'm going to be sending some roses out tonight. (laughs) You know what's really messed up is that Tara Jean and um, Jim, who we've had on the podcast, both have just randomly given me a book, (laughs) like like a self-help book. But they're a good book. Those are good strategies, though. Again, I was like, first of all, Amazon has great two-day shipping. (laughs) That was a used book. You got me one of the used books. Because they don't make that one. In pr- I don't think they print that one anymore. Oh, the Egyptians? It's like, it's like it's the Egyptian version of like how to seek help. It's in the hieroglyphics too. Oh, I love pictures. <laughs> then was I right to send you that book or was okay, I right? Okay, take it back. <laughs> this is getting deep. So we're talking well, about so steps going on. Mm-hmm. Moving yeah, forward. but I do want to say getting out of an abusive relationship is really hard because once somebody is so worn down – you know, they doubt themselves, they're isolated, um, you know, they're feeling, fearing retaliation potentially yeah. or embarrassment. Like, how did I possibly get into this? I mean, like I mentioned earlier, anybody can get into this. It's really hard to come out. And uh, like you've mentioned before, that 
loss of that emotional part of that relationship can be actually harder than managing the abuse itself. Yeah, when I decided to get out, I was urged by my therapist to build an army. So I immediately told you guys, and I told my core group of friends, A, it held me accountable. B, it saying it out loud made it real. Like I wasn't just thinking it, and I wasn't just plotting it in my head, but now I have friends who support me, and I was not surprised of how supportive everybody really was to with my decision which and also not surprised <laughs> like no one was surprised like oh no like, but i remember you were you said your feelings were really hurt that like we were all just like got it let's go like, yeah that no one was surprised well, yeah i didn't know it was so obvious and i felt like i wasn't like i was like i wasn't in on the joke kind of feeling you know like i didn't see it and then um when i told family members that i didn't get the response I really needed as support wise so I had to rely on my friends and why it was important for me to build an army because I didn't know what the retaliation was going to be like and getting out wasn't as hard as it was of staying out because that's especially when you have someone who's you know they'll use as many tactics as they can to try to get you back and that's when I really needed my friends and that was the most helpful way for me to get out and I think just telling people doing things on your own secretive it, I don't even think it's safe if you're if me if it truly is an abusive relationship. Like you need to tell people. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you feel like your friends could have done better to or differently to give you a little bit of a heads up earlier? That's a great question coming from a doctor. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not coming so from Susie, smart. but coming from Doctor so Susie Chen. Smart. I know. I met her first. Um, I take all responsibility. Well, I offended her first. So. <laughs> oh, there we go. Cheers. No, because I don't know if I would have been able to hear it. And I think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that could have been different is, if, let's say, if when X would like raise his voice in front of people, if someone, maybe when he wasn't raising his voice, when things were good, maybe if that, if, you know, I'll just use you, Target, because sure. you're saying if you said, you know, hey, like everything's great, right? And you'd be like, you know what? Remember when you raised this voice at you like that? Like, I don't like seeing that. Maybe I would have been able to hear it that way. You know, when you say it in the moment, like, he shouldn't be treating you like that. I'd be like, okay, you know, like it's so much to deal with. Like, I can't even deal with you now critiquing my relationship, you know, or I have someone else critiquing me. But I think if you would have brought it up when at a different time, maybe we could have had more of a conversation about it. It's not your responsibility. I mean, obviously, it's not my Right, and it is it is hard because I think there are times I think I, – I would think that I said something that would lead you to that. I just didn't feel comfortable saying it directly or me going, oh, she doesn't want to hear this, so I, I don't feel like I can say mm-hmm. it. So do you think most of the reactions and the things that, like, T. Louise is saying is, is common? Like, that's a normal – like, this is what most people go through. Yes, I think it's very common. I'm common. <laughs> 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 Only in that aspect. There you go. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so other than that, I don't I don't know. I mean, like if someone had an intervention, just like we talked about, like yeah. an intervention. And when you say, well, I don't know if I wanted to hear that, I don't know if that's really true. If it came, if it wasn't, I think it was sensitive, and this is just me, I didn't want to be critiqued that I'm making, you know, that's somehow my fault or like why would you let him talk to you like that? I'd say if it was coming out of a place of love and concern and like just like, you know, and also like an Oreo method, you know, how you say something, you know, positive and then constructive and then positive. Like maybe I could have heard it for me personally. Mm. I don't know because I think at the time I was just, I was trying just to get through it. 
So Tina Lee's brought up a point like, you know, once you're out for people, especially who like is a charming person who doesn't want you to leave, how, what are strategies that maybe you can like help yourself stay out? Because you know, ultimately, anybody in their heart knows what you just left. That's not going to change when you go back. I mm-hmm. need some safeguards. Safeguards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it is hard, but you know, part of it is just building back up your self-esteem, learning how to be assertive and setting those boundaries, building a life outside of your relationship or your life with that individual. When you leave, you leave. You don't threaten leaving. You just leave for good. There was one thing that I actually um, read or heard about it, and I really love this. It's the only way to win is not to play. Or you play along and keep your mouth shut until you can actually get out. Yeah, those both make sense. I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. And just being persistent. I see. I don't want to say mistakes. There was a lot of mistakes I made when I finally got out. I never went back. That's not a mistake and I don't even want to call mistakes I think there's things I definitely could have proved I think I isolated way too much but that was my um my you know my self-defense mechanism that's finally had control to protect myself and I kind of went to the other side of the spectrum in retrospect not the healthiest but also the, the thing about building an army is when you get out is I think it's really important that you that you take care of your friend or your family member by checking in I think that was you know the most important is just checking in Maybe I didn't have the most positive things to say or nothing to say, but just, you know, just checking in on that person or maybe getting out of the house once in a while. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. even though you're like, I'm not leaving. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, no, I wasn't. No, I'm literally not leaving. Yeah. Because I finally had somewhere safe. Like yeah. I had safe and I wasn't going. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I want to remind everybody, because what we're talking about is that we physically, we moved her out of her place that she shared with X and moved her into a whole new apartment and we did that like over the course of a weekend and this is not physical abuse like we're talking about emotional trauma emotional abuse and so Susie what do you say to anybody that's like oh it's just he you know whatever he tells you you're ugly or he tells you you're stupid versus like hitting you like do you think there's did you think there's like a real difference between physical abuse emotional abuse or is it all equally as is traumatic it is all equally as atrocious Um, I mean, when it comes to uh, physical abuse, uh, there are, uh, and we'll give out information later, but the National Domestic Violence Hotline, they have a number that you can call, and it's confidential. They'll help you. They'll direct you and help you, even if you feel like you're being monitored somehow, your computer or your phone, they will help you to get around that, to get to a safe place. And if you have kids... Yeah. They can also help out with that, too. You said something to me, and I, I think it's so interesting. <laughs> so It's so horrible and interesting. But, um, <laughs> Fun we, fact, sad fact. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, when, let's say, I'm married and my spouse is being verbally abusive to me, and my kids are present during that, you said that's a sign of child abuse as well. Like, if he's physically abusive to me in front of my children. Mm-hmm. That, that that goes under child abuse mm-hmm. just so because if they children are witnessing domestic violence i told Tara Jean this and we both were like i was like oh i oh. guess <laughs> it's just so interesting that that's how it's defined now because i think when we were all like at least i mean i don't know maybe we're just totally broken people but like my parents got divorced like they fought in front of us and like, you know i think no, we, i saw horrible things yeah like, you i saw, saw horrible things yeah but that's considered child abuse well the verbal part of it I mean, there are some gray areas. You can always call Child Protective Services or Department of Family and Child Services um, just to kind of see if it's a reportable 
incident um, or incidents, but generally, depending on the severity of the verbal threats, you know, it may or may not be considered as that, but definitely if they are witnessing physical violence. Right. And I think it's um, something else, like I think, especially for like, let's say just abused women, you know, especially if you're in a relationship with kids, definitely hard. It's a little bit harder to get out because you have shared assets and things like that. I remember I helped helped a a girlfriend of mine and they had a daughter together. The way I was able to help her decide to leave that relationship is I convinced her to help her daughter. Like that, she wouldn't help herself. She would just take things in private with from him. Mm-hmm. But when I said, like, you can't let your daughter do this because she's going to continue the pattern, like, I just kind of sold it that way. She found the strength, and it happened within a week. Like, we got a restraining order, like, and then now she's an amazing, you know, doing I think, amazing. I think an important message to get out there, too, and I'm sure you would agree with me, Dr. Susie, is I think a lot of people listening, too, like, maybe they don't have a best friend. Maybe they don't have a family member that they trust. I don't think anybody is alone, honestly, like truly, truly. So this domestic abuse hotline, can you just call, just talk to somebody? Mm-hmm. Is that not just to come up with a game plan and to do the like dramatic, like we're going to get out, but is that just something you can do and call? Absolutely. You can give them a call. You don't have to do anything unless you're ready. But once you're ready, um, they will tell you how to safely get out of your situation. They've got... They're not going to tell you their address. They don't advertise their address, but they will help you create a safety plan to get out of there when you are ready. And is this a national program, like people in cities from all over the country? It is a national hotline, domestic oh, okay. violence hotline, or they or or for uh, intimate partner violence. But they are they also have local chapters. And you want to give out that number right now? Um, absolutely. So the National Domestic Violence Hotline, or their website is thehotline.org. And their phone number is 1-800-799-7233 or 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. They're available 24-7, 365 days a year. If you're concerned about talking, they also have online chat available. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. And it's also something, give out more information, is that when you said we're not alone, there's so many forums. It was something I did too. Yeah. I, like I just you I, isolated. But I went on forums and Good. you just start reading other people and other people would comment. Mm-hmm. You know, I was more of a voyeur. I think voyeur. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. <laughs> I am so I, proud of yourself I know. too. I saw the word. I'm like, pretty sure this is what I want to say. Um, and also there's a movie about that, so like <laughs> that's how I knew the word. Yeah. Um, but I was a voyeur in these chat rooms because I wanted, like, I just it made me feel. A little more validated and I, I know that sounds so to me it sounds so weird to say it because I am a very strong person for my friends I'm very independent like for me to see how weak I was and not even aware of it is startling to me you yeah. know I think that's probably one of the hardest blows right yeah absolutely and it is so common it is so common that they have a national hotline for this they have 12-step programs for this as well that you can attend um there's one called the Codependence Anonymous mm-hmm. that you can certainly go and find a supportive network there as well. I actually had somebody, a friend of mine who was at my wedding, like a couple of days afterwards, sent me a website and they just said, hey, I think you're, you might be interested in this. And it was like the daughters of uh, narcissistic mothers. And I remember going, because at this time, I did not think my, I, that's not what I thought my mom was. Like I didn't take, it took me like to my mid thirties to be like, ah. So they sent this to me and I'm like, 
that's so weird. That doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, my mom's crazy. She's mean. She's whatever. And I started reading it. And it was literally like a check, like a little box where I was like, yep, that, that, that. And it does. It makes you feel dumb. And it makes you feel like you internalize it in certain ways. Well, you don't realize it because that's how you grew up. You didn't know that there was any other way. You right. didn't know that things could be better or and different. Fun facts. Another uh, program that we'll fun talk Fun fact, sad fact. Fun fact, sad fact. Let's do another podcast, fun fact, sad fact. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Another, we're going to do a whole other episode on this topic. And I don't know if you know this organization, Susie, but it's called Impact Personal Safety. A very good friend mm-hmm. of mine uh, works with that at uh, the chapter in Denver. I've taken it here in Los Angeles. And it's, it's a recovery program. It's a, a full physical contact fight. And it's for a lot of women who have been in domestic violence situations, who have been raped, who have been physically abused. And it's all about like regaining your self-esteem and your power. And I think you know, we'll give out more information on that on that podcast but mm-hmm. this is this very much ties into this topic of what happens when you leave you have to rebuild yourself and there's no shame in reaching out for help what was the name of that again impact personal safety for me what was helpful like i can cannot remember any forum i was ever on i, I, feel like I went through my history i'm like don't know where that went um but what i did revisit is i have had this book for a long time and when i was planning my escape for some reason i was drawn back to this book that i've had for very i've had it lent it out, rebought it, but it's called uh, When Is Enough Enough? It's by Lori Ashner and Mitch Meyerson. And the byline is uh, what to do if you never feel satisfied. But it's when is enough enough? And each chapter hits on something different. And it's from a psychologist's point of view and they give very personal examples. But what helped me was rereading it with new eyes. Everything made sense because they're all kind of the chapters are all – something with any kind of abuse you know it kind of hits on every aspect that you can think of and that helped me because I needed validation yeah I that's the number one thing I needed and I I was getting it from my therapist but then I kind of felt it was one-sided you know because they're also I I doubt how I was portraying it like was I just making myself sound like the victim right you know but this was what gave me the confidence in myself that I wasn't making all this up and not to be embarrassed about it. You have plenty of other things to be embarrassed about. Well, my teeth, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Susie, do you have any final thoughts for us or, or the audience? You know, I had mentioned the National Domestic Violence Hotline. If you want to read more about it, too, you may go on to the American Psychological Association website, apa.org, or psychologytoday.com. Um, and you can read about any of the topics that were discussed today, cool. um, lots of different articles. If there are concerns about child safety or anything like that, um, I had mentioned earlier also you may call or look on the website for the Department of Children and Family Services or Adult Protective Services for older adults or uh, dependent adults. So if there are concerns about abuse or violence. Yeah, because gotta remember like I, I really hope this episode comes across if we're really trying to hit all relationships not just you know a single or yeah married. not just romantic yeah not just romantic mm-hmm. but like you know it could be disabled people elder abuse elder I mean there's abuse, yeah. yeah there's just it just it all kind of goes underneath the same umbrella of being a victim yeah. yeah and that there is no shame in being in that situation the best thing you can do for yourself is to you know, find these resources, get hooked up, get educated, and find a way to get out and then hold your ground once you're, at, once you're out. I can't thank Susie enough. I, Dr. Susie Chen. It's Dr. Susie I'm Chen. I'm sorry. But <laughs> honestly, it's, 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 
it's such a pleasure to have you on and just added so much information and you definitely make the rest of our friends sound really stupid (laughs) (laughs) absolutely essentially we're all failures and we're so glad you're here oh thanks for graduating college you're welcome (laughs) beyond college graduate school oh god i don't know ah Susie, thank you so much it's so good to have you here so good to have you here, Tina Louise. Um, you too. Thank you. We should end it on a little more of a positive note. Well, okay, the positive note is that one day you will have a full set of teeth. That is true. <laughs> you hey, will... I got a cat. Because Oh, ex... that's right. We forgot about this. Ex... So we're talking about all the sadness that she went through. Okay. Well, X didn't want a cat. So the first thing when Susie... It's ironic that you're here. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Susie's the one who... She posted, posted a picture. of a rescue cat. And I was like, oh my God, that's the most beautiful cat I saw. So I, right immediately. Tarjean jumps on the Facebook post, like, yes, you need to get this cat. And I ended up getting that cat. And as silly as it sounds, that cat, and this will make me cry. <laughs> Trying to end on a high note, but here comes the tears. The cat saved my life, pretty much. She's like, A, I really wanted it. But B, it gave me unconditional love. But it, also, who did she look like? Jodie Foster. <laughs> <laughs> This cat literally looks like Jodie Foster. We're going to tweet a picture of her. Don't worry, everybody. You can follow her on Instagram. It's Jodie Foster the Ragdoll. <laughs> I really tried to turn this, and I did. I did a pretty good job turning that, but real hard. Oh, oh God. God. All right. So but we're going to tweet out all the resources that Susie gave, too, as we well. Will. Once again, Susie. Dr. Susie Chen. Dr. Susie Chen, thank you thank so much. Thank you so much. This has been very informative. That's and right. I, I really hope that anybody who needed to hear this today, I really hope you know that there's people out there who care about you and you have to care about your inner child too to get yourself out. So if you guys, you know, if you want to hear more uh, uplifting episodes like this, <laughs> you should like and subscribe. Moreover, just subscribe. We have, you know, we're trying to hit many different um, categories of what single people and married people have to go through. And this, yeah. you know, this just happened to be a bigger, heavier one. But we love every week we'll have a new episode come out. You can find us on Instagram at single versus married podcast. A single vs married podcast. And on Twitter, we are single v married. I didn't want that S. Stinkled, stinky Twitter. <laughs> and on Facebook, we are single versus married podcast. And always, we want to thank Jonathan Buchanan for his amazing music. Oh, he's such a guy. Intro. He's such, such a, a guy. guy. He's a man. Yeah. He's a great. <laughs> oh god so once again thank you dr Susie jen you're very welcome and hey. thank you tara jean o'brien thank you, Louise and this is single versus